Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, August 1st edition of the show. The month of July has come and gone, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Time is just flying by, but I'm going to I'm gonna cut all the little chitter-chatter here today to start the show because today, tonight I should say, we are joined by the one and only Eric Stevens, uh, beat writer for The Athletic covering the Anaheim Ducks, someone who I think might be the most quoted person on this show. I think you I think you might lead that category because you really are synonymous with Ducks news coverage information. So Eric, thanks for thanks for coming on. How's it going? Yeah, it's going fine, Felix. Um, you know, I I first off I feel honored and and two I'm, I feel embarrassed and I kind of want to ask uh, you know, the the lovely uh, followers of whatsoever to <laughs> <laughs> find someone find someone way more interesting <laughs> <laughs> well look we we really do I appreciate, appreciate it <laughs> yeah we appreciate your coverage of the team and i mean it it really is invaluable especially over these lean years where things have maybe not been i don't know what the word you want to use is the most exciting let, let, let's just go with that um so we're gonna jump right into the news cycle here because i think i actually sorry before we do that i almost forgot Jake would have killed me if I had forgotten this. So as you may have may or may not have noticed today, Jake, our, our regular co-host here, Jake Rudolph, is not on the show. And the reason for that is he is welcoming a new member of his family. He had a uh, firstborn son, Luke, Luke Rudolph. And so we're wishing him all the best. That's the reason he couldn't make it tonight. Of course, uh, he would have rather been here to chat with Eric, but feels like a pretty valid reason not to not to do a, a Ducks podcast uh, to, to welcome in the the life of your new son. So that's a pretty decent reason. I, I suppose we can let him off. Yeah. We'll, we'll say he's out of the lineup for, uh, for family reasons, personal issues, yeah. something like that, whatever, whatever glib, uh, term the NHL would use. Um, any advice, Eric, for, for Jake as a, as a first time father here, I, I believe you have a couple sons. So any, any advice that you want to throw his way here? Yeah, no, actually, well, it's actually three times over, and oh, um, okay, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, but fortunately, they are—they're uh, all pretty grown now, um, you know. Although they're still uh, very much uh, kids and boys in some ways, <laughs> um, but um, uh, you know, I—I I, I tell you what, uh, especially for the first one, uh, as long as you get through that first week, the first week does feel like the longest week of your life. <laughs> You know, just be in between of lack of sleep and, and wondering why your, 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 your child won't go to sleep. <laughs> um, but as long as you get through that first week and, and if you can survive that whatsoever, it's, it's, it's a lot more smoother sailing uh, after that. And, and after a while, the, the patience and, and all that will, will come and, and, and then you will appreciate uh, all, the, all the great and wonderful things that, uh, you know, have on children your children in your life uh, will bring. So congratulations to Jake. Well, well, that's really nice of you. And I'm, I'm sure he'll be listening to this and we'll, we'll definitely pass that along. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. I don't have any children myself, so I can imagine that that sounds like a pretty big endeavor and uh, just really happy for him because I know that's something he's he's always wanted. So let's get into today's today's show, really. Let's get into the meat of it. And I think that it's a perfect time to have you on here, Eric, because up until I would say, well, literally up until last week, I would have said that the Anaheim Ducks offseason so far is, you know, there's been some some very interesting moves. Ryan Strom, Frank Vetrano, uh, how could we forget Glenn Godden, the AHL signing, but nothing really 
attention headline grabbing, I would say. Um, and then I, last week, we get the news that John Klingberg, the biggest name, I would argue, remaining on the UFA market defenseman-wise, uh, has been is, is now a member of the Anaheim Ducks. One-year deal, $7 million uh, cap hit. Just so much to unravel here, so much to unpack. And I know you've already written about it, but I guess just first and foremost, Eric, two-part question here for you. What was kind of your feel of this offseason before this trade happened or before this, this signing happened? Did you have any inkling that, that it was going to happen? And second part is just your what was your first reaction to, to hearing this news? Um, you know what, Felix? Well, first off, uh, before we di- di- dig in, you know, I apologize to everyone for not having a video here. It's, oh. uh, it's, been, it's been out on my laptop. Uh, for the last little bit, and I am not uh, very technological <laughs> savvy <laughs> in terms of fixing these issues. So there's one, and plus you probably don't want to see my mug anyway. I kind of got the summer <laughs> oh, beard and summer beard and summer haircut going, so it's it's not pretty. Um, but no, I, you know, in in all seriousness, I well, well, one, yeah, I I, I certainly did wonder if, if if the Ducks would be in on Klingberg. Um, look, I mean, it was no secret that, um, that, that, you know, they, they needed someone to, you know, at least in the short term, you know, really fill the holes that uh, were created by trading uh, Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. I mean, let, let, let's face it, they were really basically down to, you know, two real, I guess you could say, top four um, minute type defenders uh, on the blue line. So it's no secret that they, they needed help in that area. Um, and, and, and I thought that, uh, you know, if they were, you know, we, we're going to be interested, which obviously uh, that's proven out to be the case, that they would look and uh, look toward a short term deal and maybe hope that, uh, you know, John's, you know, w- you know, the foray that he went through in, in free agency and we can get all into that, too. That's a whole nother I- issue in itself. Um, but that maybe that he wouldn't find those long-term big money deals that he was seeking and that he would come down whether not necessarily in the asking price, but more so in the term, because I think that's what's, I, I think that's what Pat Verbeek was really seeking was someone that can help right now, but someone that they wouldn't have to commit five, six, seven years to, especially someone uh, of Klingberg's age at 29, you know, going on 30. So I, I think that's what they were looking for. Certainly, they targeted him. Um, so surprised. I mean, you know, certainly a little. Just just in the sense of, you know, they typically haven't been the kind of team that have landed those quote unquote name free agents uh, or so. We all know that they have plenty of money to spend here. Um, but you know, there is a little surprise in that. But you you can certainly see. You know, if that was all part of the plan, you know what that was and and, and why it would work. Um, in the sense that, hey, it's it's again, this is a quality defender. He he he's going to be able to give Anaheim some good minutes. I mean, it's you know he's not well up into his thirties, and, and even though he you know some would say he came he's coming off a down year so to speak. Given what they needed on that blue line, that they needed some help desperately. And, and so he's going to be able to provide that and, and, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, not only uh, help him, you know, help the, the ducks, but, you know, maybe more importantly, help himself uh, here in terms of maintaining his value for his next contract. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's so much to, 
there's so much to unpack there, but I do know that he had a media availability today and I haven't had a chance to, to look into it, but I'm assuming you were there that you were, that yep. you were part of that. So what was kind of just the, the feel talking to him and just his comments about the team? What's, what's your sense of where his head is at and maybe a little bit into maybe the future here? I mean, I know it's a one year deal, but just some takeaways maybe from that availability. No, yeah, you know, I, I'd be happy to share some insight. I, I mean, I am looking to, I am interested, and I am looking into maybe doing something down the line on just, just the entire process, uh, you know, for him, because, you know, it, it was sort of rather unique in, in that he's coming off as a seven-year deal with Dallas, um, and perhaps if this were, you know, a decade ago, a few years ago whatsoever, he probably would have landed a huge deal, but in the way that in in the in the climate that that you're in now, we're really when you're dealing with big, you know, contracts, perhaps max term projects. One, you've got to project. Two, you're really more looking at a younger age and being able to project that you're going to be able to get that player's prime years you know, as a, as part of a majority of that, that contract. Well, as we stated, he's already 29, 30, uh, you know, 30 years old. Uh, you don't want to get in the situation where you are, uh, you know, wrapped up into a, a deal that's going to be an anchor in year three and year four and year five, or, you know, where it's, it's really going to hamper other decisions that you may make down the line. I, what he said, you know, I, I think he was very uh, realistic. I, and I think what you'll find in John Klingberg is that um, he, he's a very open individual from from all I've heard. And and even today, you know, he, he's one where he's going to answer questions. Uh, he, he said himself he's a very social in, individual. Um, I think he's going to immerse himself well, uh, you know, in Anaheim. I think he's very realistic in what he put out there in terms of his goals for this year. Right. He's coming, he's coming to a you know he's coming to a new team. He's he knows what this is about. Okay, you know the the contract one year seven million. You know it, it is really the best thing that he could do in the situation, given that you know maybe those other maybe the deal long longer term deals that they passed on is coming to bite them, or maybe there weren't as many offers coming in as was originally thought. So. This is a way to, you know, to, this is a way to sort of salvage, you know, a, a free agency peer process going sideways. And he, and he acknowledged that he even talked about, um, you know, he, he talked about um, going away from his long-term agent, uh, Peter Wallen and, and the 12 year relationship yeah. that they had and, and that they built, I mean, you know, really all, you know, ever since, uh, you know, he, he, he was coming up, I mean, those two have been together that, you know, that had couldn't have been an easy decision um, for him to do. But um, but then he but he but he also talked about how it's, you know, he, in, in the end, he had to make a business decision. Um, and, you know, three weeks, you know, you're going three weeks into free agency and you're John Klingberg and you're still on the market. That that really yeah. doesn't that, that, that doesn't happen. That re and that really, frankly, shouldn't happen, uh, given a player of. Um, you know, uh, uh, of, of his stature and, and what he's done over his career. So, 
Um, he's realistic. Like I said, it's, you know, we know what this is about. He, he knows what this is about and the ducks know what this is about too. Um, and, and as I wrote too, I mean, it's, this is something that gives them, uh, a, a number of options, um, you know, as, as to him playing well, which is going to be at the core part of them. But, uh, you know, whether they try to keep him over time, if, if, if all th- goes right with the season and they, and they view him as something, someone that they can take into the future or be someone that, uh, you know, can be a very, very valuable asset uh, come trade trade deadline. Yeah, certainly. I think that your the headline of your article last week kind of says it all, which is that the signing made sense for both sides. I think that both sides of this equation have incentive for this to go well. You know, for, for John Klingberg, he's on a one-year deal and he has to play well. Sure, <laughs> and, exactly. And he, and he can't pout, you know, he can't, he can't be unhappy with the situation even, and if that, and I'll, I'll get to that, but basically everyone wants this to work. Everyone has a reason for this to work. The Ducks want him to play well because on one hand, if they end up deciding not to bring him back, maybe you can flip him and you get more for him, or he helps you push for the playoffs. And for John Klingberg, if he plays well, it goes both ways. Again, he, he can heighten his chances of getting that great contract he's looking for on the other side, whether it's from the Ducks or from another team, or if the Ducks are looking to maybe part ways with them at the trade deadline, then he'll be a, a higher commodity. People that he'll be more sought after at that point. So I, I really don't think that there's a way that this doesn't work for anyone. I, I've, I've thought about this a, f- a few different ways, and I just don't think, at least from the Ducks perspective, I think really the Ducks are the only, they're the side you can definitely say there's no way they can lose this because even if John Klingberg doesn't play to his potential, it's a one-year deal. They can trade him. No harm, no foul. Klingberg, on the other hand, if he doesn't play well, there's potential repercussions. But again, he's set himself up well here. I guess just from your perspective, you know, because the last, let's call it, I don't know, ever since the last Randy Carlisle year, we'll call it, this team has not been <laughs> not been the most exciting. Let's just put it that way. Not <laughs> not the most competitive. They, they've struggled. And I think last year was the first year, maybe even a little bit the, the pandemic season where you saw some glimpses at the end with, with Zegris. There, was, there, were, there have been glimmers that this team is, is about to maybe turn a corner. Maybe not this year, but that it's coming. For you, though, now going into this upcoming season with the additions up front and now with John Klingberg, do you feel any sort of just being more energized to cover this team and to watch this team? Because maybe there's just a little more at stake all of a sudden. Uh, you know what? I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I actually felt and, and I think some of that um, some of that energy um, even came, you know, it, it was sort of, I, I think even last season. Well, there, there was a little bit of a, you know, re-energized feeling, uh, you, right. you, because like you said, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the couple of years before that, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a, let's be frank, it wasn't an exciting team, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, it's, 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 it's doubly bad. You know, it's one, one thing to lose. It's another thing to be boring when you lose. Yeah. To never <laughs> you know. score. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, so last year, I think, you know, you, you, you saw a little bit of resurgence just in terms of the team being interesting. You know, the, the, uh, the, the things that Trevor Zegers might do on right. any given night or whatsoever, how Troy Terry, you know, you know, blew up, you know, even, even if the year, 
was really and it was almost divided into two teams. <laughs> you yeah, know, two very vastly different teams within the course of a season whatsoever. I mean, there was just so many, you know, so many things that were were, were interesting uh, in that. I mean, even the general manager change. I mean, yeah. you know, af- after you know after having one in for in place for so long, um, you know, so so that all added to it. And and I think this year is going to be it's going to be fascinating for a number of different things. I mean, one, we're obviously entering the post Ryan Getzlaff era. Yep. You know, you, you, you knew this day would event, you know, would, would one day come at some point. Um, but I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how the team evolves, um, you know, without, you know, really the, you know, the one that's defined this franchise for so long, you know, who sort of steps up, maybe not even necessarily one person, but who sort of steps up and kind of helps fill that void. Maybe not even necessarily just his, you know, the play on the ice, but the impact off the ice, um, you know, sort of, sort of the, the one that the, the, the franchise kind of pins its hopes on whatsoever. Who's who kind of steps up to, you know, to fill that void. So there's that, you know, certainly the, the additions that they've made. I mean, you know, these the, these are useful players. I mean, are are they? Is it enough to get them in the playoffs? Not not at this point. I don't think so. I mean, I, but but I, I, as I said, they are going to be competitive. They're going to be much more watchable. Uh, yes, you know, group, which, which is important. <laughs> it's important, especially in Southern California, <laughs> right? Well, especially, and so yeah, no, it, it so it, it's yeah, it's going to be you know, fascinating to see how individual, some certain individual players evolve, how Zegris, you know, is this where he starts taking the steps toward not just being a highlight reel, not just being um, a personality, but being a true star, uh, you know, being a, you know, you know, someone per- that perhaps may be taking the steps toward being a superstar. We don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll but we'll start to see where he can sort of take his ceiling to, um, Jamie Drysdale, Troy Terry, you know, Mason McTavish. I mean, I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of excitement toward, um, you know, seeing, uh, you know, one, if he'll make the club. We, we, we can't assume, but, you know, we'd like to think that he'll have a good shot uh, at doing it. Um, but, you know, also, you know, what kind of impact can he have, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of basically doing basically a- a- everything and anything that you that, that you can on the junior level uh, you know to to, to show that uh, you know you're ready to graduate beyond that so i'm looking forward to it i mean i really am I, I think there's a number of good reasons to see you know just uh, how things will develop you know as each month passes yeah it's it's so funny how one move can just change everything and it's not as if john klingberg is this superstar i mean all due respect he's a great defenseman offensive ceiling, you know, dynamic on the power play, but they didn't go out and get a true kind of star level franchise player. And yet, because the fact that this team has been so just devoid of excitement in the last couple of years, getting a guy of his caliber, which is a very good one, especially offensively, it changes things. And I think to your point about filling the the void of, of leadership, I mean, just kind of reading, I mean, not even reading between the lines, but reading Pat Verbeek's comments, his availability a couple of weeks ago, I mean, that seems to be a big reason why they, they brought in Ryan Strom was to kind of get a, a bit of a veteran example down the middle, or maybe he ships to the wing. Um, I do agree with your take, though, that, you know, the playoffs remain 
a bit of an open question because even even with John Klingberg, who I think goes a long, long way to to shoring up their defensive depth. I mean, you've seen the 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 depth chart on the back end. It's still it's still not yeah. the prettiest. And I also, I mean, this is something I'm be curious to get your take on. I'm I'm curious who is even going to play with John Klingberg because he's such a he's such an you know kind of a unique player in that he's so talented offensively and yet if you look at the numbers like he kind of that style tends to lead to some offense coming back the other way and so right now for you i mean i'm not expecting you to, to have this completely ready but are there some names that maybe you think that they're looking at or that you have in mind you know, is it is it really going to be a, a Vakaninen uh, Klingberg <laughs> pairing? I mean, who who the heck is going to play with this guy? <laughs> you know, well, well, first off, Felix, we're supposed to know exactly, you know, who <laughs> yes. who, who, are, who are the four lines going to be and who yes. the three pairings going to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. In fact, we're I'm supposed to know on, that. I'm waiting on a text from Dallas Eakins right as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I tease, I tease, folks. Um, no, yeah, no, it is interesting. I, I have thought about it, um, you know, and, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, who, who's going to play with him. Uh, yes, John Klingberg has always been known, um, you know, for his offensive um, ability from, from the blue line and, and his you know, ability to, to, to generate um, action from there. Um, and and actually, too, I, I I wonder too. I I think that you know some he, he could not only he'll be mo- motivated as we talked about earlier. He'll be motivated obviously this year, um, but also I think too maybe getting out of Dallas's system where he played under Rick Bonus, which was very you know sort of defensive oriented and whatsoever, and they they didn't have a lot of say great scores up front whatsoever. That may also re-energize him too, um, because uh, as we've seen with you know, Anaheim, you know, they'll, they will activate their, their D man. It may lead the chances the other way, but they will, they (laughs) will do that. Um, Yeah. I, you know, in thinking about that, um, I mean, they, they, they still do need someone to, to, to shore up uh, uh, on that left side beyond Cam Fowler. Um, They they do need someone, you know, whether they're going to bring someone in from the outside or, 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 you know, look, you know, inside and hope someone, you know, does step forward. Um, But, I, I I can see maybe the possibility of him playing with Fowler on the top pairing. Yeah, uh, just in the sense that okay, yes, they, they they both are known for their skating ability and more, being more you know sort of offensive minded or whatsoever. But I could possibly see where Cam, you know, maybe not necessarily takes you know a, a, a step back from providing the transition game that we've come to see him do for over the last decade. But, you know, he, he's someone, and, and I know that, you know, he, he, he does get, you know, he, he has been knocked <laughs> yeah. you know, over the years. I mean, he, and, and, and some of those criticisms has been very fair. So, you know, some of those. But I do think that his defensive game, his end zone game, has improved over time. And I could see where maybe he does a little subjugating himself um, and be maybe the little more responsible pair you know, for that too, so that Klingberg will be allowed to, um, you know, create, uh, you know, you know, do what he does, which which is create offense from the blue line and 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 pinch and and you know and and maybe even be that fourth attacker uh, or so on rushes. 
um, because he has, and he's proven to have to have had a higher offensive ceiling. Yeah, uh, you know than Cam. So I, you know, I could see that as a possibility. Um, you know, the the other thing would be okay. Well, if you were to have the you know Jamie with with Cam, which is which is shown to play you know fairly well on some occasions. They haven't they haven't done it too often. Um, then maybe you know then maybe John will be you know sort of the dominant half of you know whatever second pairing um, they you know they do come up with or manage with. Um, but you know it, it so yeah that'll be interesting to see. But I, but I, I do think that not only will he help on the ice, but um, I think it's going to help you know help out Jamie uh, in a sense, um, take some pressure off of him uh, as he continues to grow in this league. And, you know, it, it also, you know, pushes Kevin Shattenkirk down to, you know, what I think would, is the yes. best role for him uh, at this stage of his career, which is, you know, it's a third pairing, you know, second uh, power play unit type of guy. Um, I think he could still be effective in that type of role. Yeah, I, I think that I actually am. I think you're selling me on a Fowler Klingberg pairing. I think I think maybe Klingberg's presence is is, like you said, to push down some of those other guys on the right side and, and take some heat off of a Jamie Drysdale, certainly off of a Kevin Shattenkirk. So it'll be fascinating, but that's, uh, that's why they play the games. That's why the coaches get paid the big bucks. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what, what ends up happening. We don't have too much time left with you here. So I do want to get into a couple, couple things that I thought might be interesting for our listeners, you know, as someone who covers this team on a basically a day-to-day basis. And that is so plugged in you know, we, we were talking with Chris Peters, uh, who, co- who covers the prospect world last time, what a typical day of work looks like for him. And I guess for you as a beat writer, I guess this answer can really vary. But what is your process like, you know, of day to day getting stories done, you know, cranking out as much as much written content as you do in a single season? How do you manage it? <laughs> well, you know, first off, uh, Felix, we're doing we're doing good time wise. Um, OK, uh, we're doing fine. Um, boy, I, I try, trying to, um, trying to kind of come up with a concise answer to that. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't that, have that to be. That in itself is a challenge. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm sure know, that my, there's not a perfect system. Too. No, for yeah. myself as well. Um, no, you know, I, not to get, you know, too technical or, you know, or, or, or boring in, in, in the day by day or whatsoever, but. You know, you, you, you certainly, um, you know, you certainly go after, you know, whether it's uh, the, the practice day or, or, or going to the morning skates, um, you know, when they do, ha- you know, when they do have them um, whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I know what, what I, you, you know, typically do. I, I, I'm one where I, try, I do try to keep a very close eye um, on, uh, you know, changes that uh, may occur or, or so where you see maybe sort or, or switch in the lines you know I, I i do pay attention uh you know to that uh a, a lot because you know i mean let's face it i mean they, they, they can you know changes that, that that can sort of not only maybe impact that game that you know that game uh you know that that particular evening um but they could have longer term ramifications or so if, if someone is dropped down the lineup or someone is moved up a uh, you know, in the lineup or, or whatsoever. So there's, there's things like that, that I certainly pay attention to. I know that, um, I, I try to, uh, 
I try to do um, as much as I can in terms of gain as much as, uh, access as, as I can. And I think some sometimes I think some people on the outside um, don't maybe realize it because I think sometimes they, they may may think that oh you, you've got access to everyone every day um mm -hmm. and that's not the case uh yeah you know that, that that's definitely that's decidedly not the case uh you know the the team and all teams do this not just anaheim whatsoever but you know they they, they typically you know limit you to um you know who you ask for um or you know usually two, you know two or three players per day along with the coach the coach is, is you know generally talks every single day you know for the most part um but you know, I'm I'm so I'm I'm looking at talking to you know people for stories where um, where there are things that I'm working on, not necessarily for that day, but maybe I'm setting up pieces that I'm building um, that may run a, a week uh, from that practice um, or a month from that practice if if it's a if if it's a big piece, you know, something like a like a Ryan Getzlaff thousand game story or, or I mean thousand game feature or something right. along those lines um so it, it it really does vary but you know you try to make the most of that access uh, when you can and then uh you know and, and then in the afternoon or so I'm uh, if you know I think with now with the athletics certainly um it's a lot more free-flowing I'm, I'm not necessarily say on a fixed deadline you know mm -hmm. you start it is my goal and 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 I hope that that I you know do do whatsoever to pro provide fresh con content on a regular basis you certainly don't want um, things to become stale uh, on the website um, but you know uh, but it's that's certainly you know what I attempt to do whether it's writing every other day you know you know every every three days or uh, but but sometimes during a very active period and and there's some, some great storylines and and whatsoever i i'm i'm writing three or four straight days or, or wow. so it, it really it really depends um you know the, the thing about my job i i will admit to this um um i love doing interviews i love love talking to you know people you know whether it's uh you know, players, um, you know, even, you know, even some executives when you get the, uh, with the, when you get the chance to coaches, um, staff, people behind the scenes, all that or whatsoever. Uh, one thing though, um, if, if there's somebody that could transcribe <laughs> all my, <laughs> all my interviews and whatsoever, best part a, of the in job a, in, a, in a much more timely fashion than I can do it, <laughs> I will hire them. <laughs> But um, no, I, you know, so, but yeah, I, I think that's, you know, the, the really the key difference in, in, in what I'm doing now and in, in which I again, I enjoy is that, um, you know, I, is that I'm not necessarily writing about the game itself. Right. You know, it, it, it's that it's usually something within the game or it's something that maybe there's been a trend and that game that night, something happened that um, has uh, continue to define that trend uh, that 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 can that fits very neatly in the story that I'm trying to build. Um, but then you know there there are nights like the night in Buffalo uh, <laughs> the last December where something just happens and you you know you just your your mouth is uh, just wide open and you're looking at 
you know, you're looking at people in the press box. You're like, did he really just do that? <laughs> <laughs> and you, and and that's and you just run with that. You just you, you're you know you you're just writing. You're trying to write the best possible, most most involved story that you can um, on 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 what just occurred. You know, which in that instance brought you know millions and millions of views. Um, you're trying to write something that can capture the feeling uh, of that uh, that occurrence, that event, um, and something that uh, you know that that hopefully readers are going to truly enjoy, um, and maybe even feel like they they were there, or at least they were you know they they could they were able in reading the piece to capture what all what happened, what led to that what happened behind all the stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really good balance is there are some games that just feel kind of like they're part of a bigger trend and you're kind of accumulating data. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of fact finding in those games and that's going to inform a later story or a bigger storyline. And then like you alluded to, there are some nights where, I mean, I can think last season there weren't too many of those, but there are some nights like that one in Buffalo the famous Seagrass to Milano goal that it's just, you got to talk about it. The other one that unfortunately comes to mind is the incident in Arizona with, with, <laughs> with tr involving Troy Terry. It's those kind of, but there are those games, they're part of the story. And sure. so, yeah. And I, and so I think that that's, that's a fantastic uh, balance. I do want to ask you though, how, how are you a coffee drinker? First of all, <laughs> um, I am, I am, okay. but I, I usually try to limit it to one. Um, okay, that was yeah. gonna, I was going to ask you how much yeah, caffeine is involved here. If I go more than one or whatsoever, then I'm a little, you know, let's let's just say, you know, don't be next to me, uh, look out because I might get a little <laughs> punchy or whatsoever. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, I think there's a there's a limit of usefulness for for caffeine. After a couple, it's just uh, okay. I'm. I, I'm very energetic, but none of this is actually, at least for me, going towards any productive uh, ends. So I'm going to, I think we should probably end on this. This is something that I think people probably are curious to know. Um, you know, Ryan Getzloff retired and it was, I think the way that it was handled was just so perfect uh, from his last game to the announcement to the, the ceremony. All of that was just so perfect. I guess just for you, First off, what was it like covering Ryan Getzlaff over the years, you know, from a from an actual journalist perspective? And then also, what's what do you have a good Ryan Getzlaff anecdote for us? A, a fun little story maybe to to wrap things up here. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you what, I'm admittedly not the best at, you know, storytelling or <laughs> or, uh, or or things of that Me nature. Neither. I, I try to tell stories and and I'll and I'll see, you know, my wife or some friends and they'll just, you know, their eyes will glaze over. <laughs> I know um, that feeling, you know, but I, doing I this podcast. What, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, I tell you what, over the years and I, and I was very fortunate to, you know, cover him from his very first days uh, in the NHL, you know, it, it was something. Um, and, 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 and I'm sort of weaving Corey Perry into this a little bit because, because, you know, right. Be, be, how can't you? <laughs> exactly. Right. And it was interesting how, when they first came up, um, uh, Ryan was, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, on the brash side. Um, he didn't, I mean, he didn't mind, you know, talking and, and, you know, you know, giving, you know, some, on the you know, he, he was a little bold, you know, he, he was kind of <laughs> on the bold side where, whereas Corey wouldn't talk at all. He wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't say boo. 
Um, <laughs> and, and 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 it's funny. It's funny how over the over all those years, you know, I, I I've had some great one-on-one conversations and interviews with Ryan or whatsoever. But it, you know, after being you know becoming captain. You sort of lapse more into captain speak, <laughs> um, right. and 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 maybe you, you, you're a little bit more milk toast in your comments, uh, you know, or, or, or whatsoever, um, you know. Whereas Corey, over time, just I mean, even now, he's he's like just become this like great person to you know to talk to him in terms of reporters and whatsoever. And you would have never would have thought uh, that was the case uh, way back when. Um, so it's interesting how they've, you know, so, sort of exchanged a little bit, uh, you know, in this places. But, you know, as far as, you know, Ryan's concern, I, you know, I, I, again, I, what I really enjoy is, you know, when you would get him and, and uh, on a, you know, in, in a, after a practice, you know, you know, where, where it wasn't the morning of the game or, or, or whatsoever and you just kind of would get that you know rare those rare moments and 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 i hope that i was able to build up enough collateral with him over the years to where when we did have sit downs he could be you know very honest um you know very honest about his play um very honest about his family uh, about um you know how his uh his parents divorce affected him and how that sort of shaped him as he became an adult and a father um, and a husband, uh, you know, and whatsoever. Uh, that, that Those are things that I recall, you know, him going, you know, into that. And, and, and you don't get that every day from uh, professional athletes, uh, you know, whatsoever. But because by and large, most of them still, you know, stay, will, will keep their private live, lives pretty private and will only let you, you know, go in so far. So, I really appreciated um, those few opportunities to where, you know, he, he would, uh, you know, would let you, uh, you know, in, inside or whatsoever. And I, I think, too, I, I, I saw someone that matured, uh, you know, o- over time that, you know, that, uh, that, that, that would channel, you know, any frustration that he would have on the ice, by and large, uh, you, you could tell how in the early days, you know, he, he was just full on roar and, and would just yell at officials and, you know, and <laughs> yeah. all that or whatsoever. And it sort of evolved to at the end where if there was a call that he hated or didn't like, he would just have this kind of sneering smile yeah. <laughs> at, at them and, 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 and sort of not say anything, um, you know, but, but even, you know, just even uh, off the ice or whatsoever, just, you know, the, the, the maturity that uh, he would show, but, you know, one thing I could I, I could say, you know, behind the scenes too, especially when when we were, you know, in the locker rooms and and, and knock on wood, hopefully that that will be back in case uh, in the fall here, uh, was was someone that Ryan was someone that would um, would would throw barbs at you, um, but wouldn't mind, it, but 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 would not mind it at all um, when you threw it back at him. I mean, I think he enjoyed the he enjoyed the give and take, whether it was with his own teammates. That's who he is, um, it seems. That, that's exactly what yeah, exact. That's exactly what he is. I mean, he 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 did that with reporters. Um, you know, he, he he's he's a so he's private in a way, but but also very social. Um, and 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 that was proven. And and you would hear the stories about how, you know, he he was always the first one to reach out to uh, people that were. Um, you know, players that were acquired by the team, um, but you know, new draft picks, 
you, you, you know, whatsoever. He, he would be the first one to, to welcome and, and, and say, hey, look, what can I do? Is there anything I can do uh, you know, to, to, to help you make this transition uh, to Anaheim, whether you were just coming up or whether you were a, an 11-year veteran um, you know, that was uh, traded to the team or si- signed to the team? Um, I, I think those are the things that uh, I will certainly uh, you know, remember uh, about Ryan. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and, and anxious to see, you know, what he does in, in his post-playing career. I think right now he's just enjoying, you know, family. He's got, you know, that, that big brood of kids that, uh, the chicken uh, coop. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's still, still trying to put together the, the, the signature line that he's, uh, <laughs> been going, but no, I, no, I, I will be interested to see what he does with his post-playing career because, um, I, you know, I, I do think that, uh, he, he can, have a lot to offer a team um you know as long as he wants to put the put in the time that's involved yeah no that's that's all great insight i have to sneak in one more question because i feel like that's sure. that's what you have to do when you're you're talking to someone uh between dallas akins bruce boudreau and randy carlisle who is the easiest and or hardest to get information out of regarding injuries, line combinations. <laughs> who's who is the most fun to deal with? Let's let's put a positive spin on it. <laughs> well, let's see here. As far as Randy, uh, we, we 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 know that uh, him and announcing his starting goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite. But, but, well, let, let, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let, I, I don't know if he exactly said this, but basically his attitude was over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> You know, of course he did. You know, would would he would uh, would he give up his goalie or whatsoever? (laughs) You know, strange. You know, I'll tell you what. Strangely enough, though, he was actually you know fairly open in terms of um, uh, in terms of injuries, like you know the types Mm. of injuries. I think that's kind of changed over time. I think you know pretty much all teams have adopted that you know whole lower body, upper body, you know deal or whatsoever. Um, but even the, you know, first go around with Randy, I mean, this was, was actually quite open, uh, you know, in terms of injuries and, and, you know, the timelines Bruce was, I mean, Bruce is Bruce. He's, he, he's just, I mean, there's, there's almost no one, you know, maybe no one like him, but the thing about him with injuries though, is, is that I, I would remember how, you know, you would talk about a player who, who's injured and, would, would give off the vibe that, oh, you know, so he'll only be out for a few days. And, and, and two, three weeks later, <laughs> he's, oh. still, he's still around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> with, 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 you know, whatsoever. Uh, you know, Dallas is probably in between, uh, you know, those two. But, uh, you know, da- Dallas is a, is a communicator. I, I, you know, I think he works well with reporters. You know, he, he knows what we do. He knows the job that we have. You know, he, he, he knows what how, how much he can say and, and maybe what he can't say. Uh, but I think he's, you know, I think he's, you know, professional, uh, you know, if, in, in that regard. So, he's polished. Yeah. 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 Polish, polish is a good word. He's very polished. Maybe sometimes too. You almost want him to be a little more off the cuff. You almost want him yeah. to be a little more. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you, you almost want to see a little more emotion even uh, sometimes in, in, in his comments or whatsoever. But uh yeah, uh, three you know three interesting cases, three different cases, but um, you know there's 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 bits and pieces and uh, whatsoever that I've enjoyed and not necessarily enjoyed uh, among all three. 
<laughs> well, I think uh, I think that says it all. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on here, Eric. This was a blast. Uh, I feel like we could do another hour here, uh, maybe somewhere down the line. Uh, but I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, for everyone that's listening right now, uh, we're going to keep this going on the other side. We're going to do an ad read. But I'm going to urge everyone to check out Eric on Twitter, at Iceman Cometh, the Iceman himself. Uh, check out his work on The Athletic. And Eric, I hope uh, hope you enjoy the rest of what little is left of the off season. Hope you enjoy your your Dodgers uh, as they continue to just buy, buy up the Major League Baseball as a whole. And <laughs> yeah, just just wishing you all the best. Any any closing remarks from you here? <laughs> hey, I believe they're still winning, by the way, against the Giants. So it's already a good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, that's you not know, saying and, much and, these and days. As long as, and as long as we land Juan Soto. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the odds days, seem pretty good that that will happen, just based on everyone else. We're not every player, okay? I've I've seen the <laughs> I've seen the <laughs> things about buying every single player whatsoever. Look, look, just build a better farm system, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and then plug them in or trade them in for you know for the stars, okay? Just yeah, yeah. Better. I mean, it, it must be nice having owners who who spend as a as a Giants fan. I don't don't totally know what that's like, so. Okay, uh, you, you you got three, hey, three titles in five years. Yeah, I mean that's you know. those aren't too bad. The, the, I'll I'll take those. Yeah, you had a, you had you, you had a number of years where you could hold those over Dodger fan. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 tables have turned a little bit though, unfortunately. A little bit. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us, and yeah, hopefully we'll we'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of the off season. Thanks, Felix. I really appreciate the time. I very much enjoyed it. Of course, you have a good one. You too, man. All right, so uh, we are going to do a quick ad read here, everybody. And then on the other side of that, we are going to get into your questions. So I'm going to put a call for questions here in the Twitch chat. Uh, I'm going to do that right now. And we'll, we'll, we'll get a, maybe a little bit more into the, uh, the nitty-gritty of the Klingberg ad and, and maybe some more off-season stuff. But first... I have to tell you about our friends at Manscaped. Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the Lawnmower 4.0 for the trimmin', so you can wear the Boxers 2.0 for the chillin'. They even trademark the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code CTP. That's like Crash the Pond CTP at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear it's almost guaranteed to raise some ice, some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. Who doesn't want that? This is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED. I don't even know what 4000K means, but it sounds like a lot. Spotlight you need for a more precise shave beyond ball cleaning though manscaped is focused on ball comforting because who doesn't want comfortable balls with the new boxers 2.0 boost confidence everywhere you are knowing you're wearing the absolute best pack for your sack <laughs> 
That almost broke me. These boxers are a game changer, and features include the Jewel Pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special place, lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Is this heaven on earth? More like heaven on girth. The micromodal fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run, strut. These moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in, and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. I can attest that these help reduce that as someone who unfortunately suffers from that. Uh, the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bathroom breaks quick and efficient. If you're at a game, if you're at a baseball game this summer and, you know, there's some sweat going on, there you go. Multiple ways for entry and passage for your pass for your package. You can even choose from an arrangement of designs and colors and sizes ranging from small to 3XL for all of my guys out there from El Jefe to Nighthawk. Your boys will be in the right hands. So if you want in on these awesome underwear or the lawnmower 4.0 here's what you can do and this will also help support this show so we can keep this thing going and have awesome guests like eric stevens on get 20 percent off plus free shipping with our code ctp like crash the pond at manscape.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with our code ctp at manscape.com up your crotch game because once the boxers 2.0 touch your sack you'll never go back there you go okay let's uh <laughs> Let's jump into the questions here. I'm not seeing any questions in the Twitch right now. Okay, so if everyone can just put question before your actual question, just so I can see it. Jake is in our chat though. Jake Rudolph, of course, is in here saying, uh, have I been replaced? No, Jake, you have not because uh, I'm not totally sure I wanna do that that ad read ever again. So uh, <laughs> my my hat comes off to you, the hat that I'm not wearing. Uh, for reading those ads because that is that is quite the undertaking just keeping a straight face alone is not uh, Not the easiest So I'm gonna get through a couple questions here from twitch and I also do have some questions from Twitter and we will We will get your questions answered here. So let's go first to twitch. So let me pull this up Question did you ask for Eric's favorite way of cooking stingray? No, I did not I should have though, but I don't think you would have understood the joke. That's the thing with inside jokes is only few, a certain few people get them. Uh, this question from PBlaster7, who would be the next captain? I am unconvinced that there will be a captain next season. I could, I, I'm, I see a scenario where there is a kind of committee approach to the leadership core next season. And I think that that's what's likeliest to occur. But if they were to pick a captain though, if they, if they absolutely had to pick a captain, my money would be on Cam Fowler. I don't see this team handing over the reins to a Trevor Zegris or a Troy Terry or even a Jamie Drysdale quite yet. I'm not even sure if Drysdale would be a candidate given his reserve nature, but I just don't think there will be a captain next season. Okay, this question from Clay Dog: If the Ducks signed Kadri, how would the lines look like? Well, supposedly Kadri's going to the Islanders, although that seems to be very much unconfirmed, but if Nazem Kadri were to be a duck, which I would heavily bet against, uh, he would be at the first line center. He would be on a line with Troy Terry. You can plug and play whoever you want on that left side. You could throw Ryan Strom onto the wing. Uh, you could get Frank Vitrano up there, Max Contois, give him a shot. He's really a guy who can play all over the lineup and you can really plug him in with any type of player because he plays that kind of facilitating two-way style so yeah if they a good question if he if he were to come on board he would be the first line center uh this question from here's johnny 71 
do the Ducks still take on a bad contract before the season starts? So that's a fun question because one thing that we've been so focused on, uh, you know, this offseason has been the Ducks cap situation. And thanks to the John Klingberg sighting, the Ducks are actually above the cap floor. So they're no longer, you know, they were, at, I think, minus four before that. They are now above the cap floor, so they don't really have to spend any more money if they don't want to. But they have $18 million in cap space, which is a lot, especially if you look around the NHL. Uh, they have the third most cap space of anyone, although that being said, the Coyotes are not at the cap floor. So those numbers could change. But even still, they're going to be in that, that upper echelon, or they're going to remain there for now unless they start spending more money. So yes, they absolutely could do something like that where they go out and get a bad contract. I don't know exactly who that would be, but that option is very much open for uh, Pat Verbeek at this moment in time. And Jake is saying he's out. Uh, off to hold Luke. Off to hold baby Luke. Well, yes, good luck, Jake. I think uh, that sounds more important than listening to, to me ramble here. This question from Hardcore Luchador. Question. I know we're all on the fence about Fowler-Klingberg pairing, but with the right three in front, how do you feel about the transition offense? So I don't know if I'm on the fence about Fowler-Klingberg. I, I think that that could be an excellent pairing. It's just the question more so is what is the trade-off down the lineup? So who do you put Jamie Drysdale with? You know, what kind of workload can Jamie Drysdale handle? Because he's really exclusively been put with the, the team's best defenseman since he's been a member of the Ducks. Is that going to be something that Dallas Aikens is going to be comfortable with in his second full season is to, is to put him on a line or on a pairing with someone who maybe isn't that of, of that caliber? We'll see. I, but I'm not against that pairing whatsoever. I think Eric Stevens actually kind of talked me into it a little bit just because I think that's how you get the most out of Klingberg. Honestly, I don't see another left shot defenseman in this lineup who's going to maximize Klingberg in the way that that Cam Fowler will. So that's a fun question. I think that, yeah, the transition offense is going to be awesome if you get those two together. It's going to be really something special. Cam Fowler is so good. At, at moving the puck up ice with his feet, with his passing. And Klingberg is, can be that rover type, stretching the ice, using the width of the ice, getting open, joining the rush. And so I think that that could just be one of the more fun pairings in the NHL, honestly. And maybe even one of the better pairings in the NHL. We'll see. That's a good question, though. This question from that guy, Bobsky. Comparing Terry and Perry. That's a mouthful. Comparing Troy Terry and Corey Perry's age 24 season player cards. It looks like Terry is ahead, analytically speaking. Will Terry be the better player at the end of his career? Wow, that is a, <laughs> that is quite the question. Um, let's dig into it. I think with Corey Perry, looking at his trajectory, you know, at age 24, he had 27 goals, 49 assists for 76 points. That was the 09-10 season. And up to that point, there was a there was more track record for excellence with him for, for point production. He had a 72-point season to his name, a 54-point season at age 22. I mean, he was in the NHL at age 20. And so as as great as Troy Terry looked last season, and as much as I think that that trajectory is going to continue, you know, for, for the reasons that we've laid out in this podcast before, that the shooting percentage, even if it comes down for, from his perspective individually, on the ice last season, guys were just not finishing his passes around him. And so that can offset a decrease in goal scoring, which is kind of inevitable given how high he was shooting last season. But I don't, I just don't think that, that Troy Terry is going to surpass the kind of career that Corey Perry 
had and, and is having. I mean, Corey Perry got it, got a hard trophy, a 50 goal season to his name, you know, multiple 70 plus point seasons, almost a hundred point season. Maybe that's in the cards for Troy Terry, but there just isn't as much of a track record for Terry. Now, maybe this is a boring answer. Maybe if Jake were here, he would be saying, yes, Terry would be better, but I, I still think we need to put some, some respect on Corey Perry's name. All right, let's get to this other question from Rooch20 asking, where do you think the Ducks will finish? Who will the Ducks trade for Klingberg at the deadline? Where will the Ducks draft in the 2023 draft? And who do you who do you think they should get? Wow. Well, that's a, that's a pretty loaded question, but I'll try to get through it as best as I can. So where do I think the Ducks will finish? Well, right now, I think the difficulty for the Ducks is that undoubtedly, undoubtedly their ceiling has, has increased now. I mean, I think Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano helped solidify their, you know, just kind of their floor, helping, helping bring some insulation for those younger guys. But now it's really, I think with John Klingberg and his ability on the power play, his ability to join the rush to really maximize everyone that's on the ice offensively, that does raise their ceiling and that does make them undoubtedly more competitive. When you factor in the additions up front, maybe more additions to come. Pat Verbeek did say he wanted to add another forward. The internal improvement, maybe a bounce back season from John Gibson and improved power play. I think you can almost pencil in the power play for improvement now with John Klingberg on board. The Ducks are going to make a bigger push for the playoffs. I still don't know how they get in though. Because if you look at the division, Calgary... Yes, they undoubtedly have taken a beating this offseason, losing Johnny Gaudreau, losing Matthew Kachuk, but they did plug some holes and they're still a solid team. That's still not a team I would say the Ducks are for sure better than right now. Edmonton, look, Edmonton has its foibles. Undoubtedly, they are a team that's, you just never know what to expect from them. I, I'm not so sold that Jack Campbell is the answer in that, but they've got Connor McDavid and we've just, there's a track record now that he, that that team with that talent is able to get through the regular season. So I, I think on paper, you could maybe squint and say the Ducks might have a little more depth than the Edmonton Oilers, but it just doesn't matter when you have Connor McDavid. LA Kings, I mean, Ducks fans are, are not going to want to hear this, but the LA Kings got a lot better this offseason. Uh, Kevin Fiala is, is a stud. We've talked about him a lot in this podcast. He's someone that the Ducks could have certainly used. They got him. They have young pieces that are going to continue to get better. They made the playoffs last year. I I think that they are ahead of the Ducks as well. San Jose is not going to be good. You can, you can say that the Ducks will be better than the Sharks. I'm I'm prepared to say that. No, don't think that's a very bold take, but I'm prepared to say it. Regardless, the Ducks will be better than the San Jose Sharks this upcoming season. Seattle? I mean, Seattle, you know, they've got young, fun pieces, right? They drafted Shane Wright. They brought in, you know, they have Matty Beniers coming up. There's some fun pieces there, but that is such a boring team. And maybe they're due for some improvement in net, just some regression there. But I think the Ducks are, the Ducks are going to be better than the Kraken as well. I think that they have a very good chance of being better than the Kraken. So I'll put them ahead of the Kraken. Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver is kind of a rudderless ship don't really know what to expect from them but they do have good talent throughout the lineup they have good coach and bruce boudreau i'm gonna say it's a little bit of a toss-up between the the canucks and the and the ducks and then lastly vegas i mean vegas 
is just having one hell of an offseason and not in the good sense. It's been a hellish offseason for them. Having to lose Max Pacioretty for nothing is absolutely wild, but they've got a ton of talent still in that lineup, and they're going to have a full season of Jack Eichel. I think the Ducks just are not better than them quite yet. So really, when you shake it all shake it all out, the Ducks are really only maybe better than three teams in the division. It's going to be tough sledding. I don't know if they make the playoffs. So hopefully that answers that question. Who will the Ducks trade for Klingberg? I'm not, I don't know if they're going to trade him. I would say, I would say that there's, if I had to bet on it, I think that John Klingberg will be traded at this trade deadline because like I just said, I don't know if the Ducks are going to have a realistic shot at getting into the playoffs. Maybe they'll surprise us. How fun would that be? But likelier than not, it's just really tough sledding in that Western Conference and even in the Pacific Division. So I think that this is part of the master plan for Pat Verbeek is you trade John Klingberg, you recoup that asset, and hey, maybe he comes back in the offseason. So my bet would be that he's gone. That would be kind of, you know, wouldn't be the most exciting end to this story, but I I, kind of would like to be wrong about that. It would make for a, a more fun end to the season. But he can get back some pieces. I mean, if John Klingberg has as good of a season as we think he can have with the Ducks, given all that usage, playing with Cam Fowler, getting all the power play time with Trevor Zegras, Troy Terry, they can get something back. I mean, the, the precedent for a player like him seems to be a pick, a prospect, maybe a player, right? Maybe just a pick and a prospect, maybe a first and a second. But I think you're getting a good return for John Klingberg, especially considering that the Ducks can do the full salary retention, that it's not a full season of his cap hit. So... That's again, that's like what we were just talking about with Eric. It's it's a win-win scenario for everybody involved. Uh, the fact that this deal has happened. Okay, I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to scroll all the way back up here. So if you have a, a question in our Twitch chat right now that I did not get to, if you would be so kind as to repost it, and I will get to it. Outside of that, I'm gonna get to some quick hitters from Twitter here. I think some of these we already covered, but I'll just see see if there's anything that's really different. Kyle asked, uh, do I see do I see Austin Matthews coming to the Ducks eventually? Uh, I don't see that happening. I'm sorry. I just, as fun as that would be, I just, I don't know. I would give him whatever he wants to get him to come. He's at worst the third best player in the NHL, but I just don't think that's happening. Alex asked, um, Alex McKay asked, given Verbeek has had an offseason to assess and start reshaping the team, how much impact will he have on Aikens? Do you think Verbeek will be hands-off or try to influence the play a certain way? I think that they, they're having conversations, right? That that's that was the whole point of keeping Dallas Aikens around is to actually get to know him better, to give him that chance to see what he can do with a fleshed-out roster. And that's uh, that's what he'll have now. That I mean, that is certainly... He's got a team to work with now. That excuse, and I hate to say it, but that's what it's been, is an excuse that he's never had... A proper roster to work with uh that's out the window now he's got i think a, a pretty workable group and so yes i think right now they're talking i don't know how hands-on pat verbeek is going to be but th- those philosophies the things that he's after are surely being instilled that relationship is being established right now and somewhere down the line that'll make it easier for pat verbeek to to interject so hopefully that answers your question this question from alex Alex9000 at Sith Lord Buscemi asks, how does Klingberg compare to Shattenkirk? Oh boy. Well, let me start with that one because it's a two-parter. Uh, Klingberg is a lot 
lot, 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 lot better than Kevin Shattenkirk. And this is with all due respect. Kevin Shattenkirk has had a, a fine career, but last season was a big step back for him. He still got some ability to move the puck. You know, if you look at the tracking data, but he just doesn't have anywhere near the offensive package that, that a, a John Klingberg provides that ability to activate off of the blue line to create his shot, to set up other teammates, to join the rush. John Klingberg is an elite offensive defenseman in my mind, especially on the power play. So they are similar in that neither is that great defensively, if you want to go there. But hopefully the, you know, the, the big benefit of adding Klingberg outside of his own contributions is that Kevin Shattenkirk can now play a more proper role for his age, maybe on the third pairing. I think that that would be ideal. Um, let's see here with new Jersey manufacturers. How would you feel about more themed slash special jerseys similar to MLB with city connects NBA teams frequently put out different jerseys and more things like reverse retros. I'm on board. Yes. If the ducks get Nike or whoever, I know people don't like Nike for whatever reason. Yes. Give me all the jerseys. The, why is it such a bad thing? If a team goes through seven to eight jerseys in a season, I see nothing wrong there. I see absolutely nothing wrong there. Jerseys are fun. People love them. It makes the games more aesthetically appealing. So yes, give me more jerseys. I'm all on board with that. This one is from Mike, Mike DeFlo, good friend of the pod. Who is Klingberg's top pairing line mate against the Kraken at Honda Center opening night? I'm going Cam Fowler. I think it's Cam Fowler. I, I've, I'm, I've talked myself into this. I just don't see, unless they bring someone else in, I just don't see who else really makes sense. Uh, this one's from Sean at Sean Siebel asked, do we see a trade before the season starts? You know, if it's going to be a trade involving the Ducks now, it does feel like it's going to be a cap move, like a move to take on a bad contract and, and, you know, weaponize that cap space. I don't know if that'll happen, though, because the Ducks have a pretty fleshed out roster as it is. Maybe they try to add a forward via the trade route. But this is uh, this feels close to what it's going to be. Maybe a couple more moves, but it feels close to what it's going to be. Let's move here down the list. Uh, let's see. Why it's so hard? Okay, I'll move on from this one. Uh, we talked to Eric about the lines a little bit. This one from BB at KBBB. Easy. Is Newport north or south? Correct answer is neither. I mean, I agree. Newport Beach is not north or south Orange County. It's it's in the middle but the correct answer is South. It's not North County. Everyone agrees with that. Jake isn't here to argue. So it's it's South County if you're going to pick one of those two. Uh, let's see. Moving on here. Questions that we can't really get answered now. And that appears to be it. Sorry. Some of these I, I guess I didn't get to asking Eric, but he'll probably be back on the future, hopefully. So we'll, we'll get to those. Um, question here from here's Johnny again in our Twitch chat saying, is there a better goalie name than Clang? Uh, probably not because... As a goalie, when the puck goes off the post, that's always the best feeling. You feel like you got away with one. So if there's no other questions here, which I don't think that there are, I think we're going to wrap up. We're a little over an hour. We got a, some great conversation with Eric, and we got to answer your questions. That's always a fun time. We're going to get out of here after a few different things. So basically, if you've been enjoying the show, if you want to help us keep this thing going, uh, there's, you know, and, and help us keep getting guests on, keep doing fun things to, to really give you the best possible Ducks listening experience. There's a few really easy ways for you to do so. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond for a dollar a month, $1, you get access to our patrons only discord. 
it's so much fun. I mean, it's really the best. You get to chat with other diehard Ducks fans about the team, about the, the league at large. We have different channels within the actual Discord server. Um, so, for example, we talk about food in there, other sports, movies, gaming, wrestling, whatever it is. It's a really fun community. I spend a lot of time there, to be honest, and it's it's a lot of fun. I, I highly recommend it. That's for $1 a month. For $5 a month, though, you get access to not only the Discord server, but two bonus episodes a month. And that's where Jake and I go more in depth on the team. We go more in depth on the league. We'll do rankings. I think probably before the season start, one thing we like to do is a prospect ranking, Ducks prospect ranking. Uh, that's just something we don't always have the time to do on the regular show where we're talking about the news. So that's for $5 a month. And you can also pledge even more. You can do if you go to our the actual page they have we have deals so basically if you do a one-time payment for the whole year you save a little bit so i would go check that out patreon.com slash crash the pond it's you you get something out of that in a, in a great way but if if money's a little tight totally understandable you do not need to pledge us anything monetarily to help us keep this thing going uh search us on apple podcasts uh just search crash the pond leave us a rating and a review those go a long long way they help you know, bump that algorithm, whatever it is, uh, to help us get noticed and to, to, to keep the lights on. So just leave a review. It, it takes maybe a couple, couple minutes at most, leave something heartfelt, some inside jokes, stingray jokes, whatever you got, throw it all at us there. Also, you can find us on Spotify, leave us a rating there. We really appreciate that. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Uh, that's where you can see the video version of the show. You can leave comments, make sure to subscribe there. Turn on your notifications. Check out our website, crashthepond.com. Uh, we've got articles there. We've got a shop, crashthepond.com slash shop. You can get a t-shirt. You can get uh, with our different logos, mugs, what have you. Uh, it's it's There's some goodies for you there. Get 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 equipped before the season starts. And follow us on Twitter at crashthepond. I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. And follow Jake on Twitter at reindeergames91. And if you follow Jake on Twitter... I just gave you his handle, but if you already follow him or if you plan to follow him, tell him congratulations. I mean, he had a kid. That's that's no small thing. Uh, it's his first. It's his first child. It's uh, you know, baby boy Luke. We wanna we wanna support him because, as everyone seems to know here, being a first time parent or just the parent of any newborn for those first few weeks, first few months are really tough. So give him some support at Reindeer Games ninety one. I'm sure that he will appreciate it. And on that note. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking around post Eric Stevens interview and listening to me here. And thank you for everything. It's It's been a fun off season. Uh, we really appreciate that you guys are still listening. We, we see the numbers and it's it's phenomenal to see that people are still tuning in, even as the news maybe dries up a little bit. Although this week we got lucky. John Klingberg certainly fixed that for us. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you at the next show. Have a good one.